podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? A lot of lovelies, and I like it. And I just want to be the first to officially say congratulations on becoming an old, old married man. Thank you. I'm one step closer to being a dad runner. Right. I I was going to say congratulations on being a dad runner, but then, you know... not, not there was definitely well, there was definitely some dad dancing going on at the reception. There, there was uh, that that video was uh, was was uh, jam packed with some, yes. some dad some dad getting downs. Yeah, luckily, luckily, I'm not posting that video. I did like a montage for those who don't know of like of we had basically we we didn't have a videographer. Instead, I asked people to like take video throughout the day, and I had one of my buddies have like a GoPro and stuff like that, and then I just stitched together a video. And it's on my Facebook page, my personal page, but I'm not putting that thing on Twitter. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, there's no way that can happen. Well, first of all, I thought it was great. Second of all, I mean, your mentions would be lit up like a Christmas tree um, if you post. Oh, it'd be horrible. So I, I, I get it, but, uh, but it was, it was a great idea. I have to say that that idea of not getting a videographer and just doing that that was really good. Yeah, I appreciate it. It had like kind of that like organic, just like like we like you see it from your your audience or your the, the people at your wedding's eyes. It was, yeah. it was cool. It yeah, was it was fun. very artistic. It was like watching two painters get married. Really? Yeah, that's what it was. We, we were two two really artsy paint. Amanda Amanda was wearing a flower dress. I was yeah. I was wearing a pink tuxedo. You had your hair grown out to your shoulders. It was it yeah, was all yeah. very nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, I had a mustache. <laughs> it was great. No, but I'd fan. say your 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 uh, your beard was looking good. The beard game was good yeah. on point. Yeah, I think I think you had it trimmed just right. I did. Okay, good, good. That was that was big to to make sure because a lot of every everyone would ask me whenever they would see me, they're like, "Oh, you're shaving your beard for the wedding," and it's like, okay, it depends on when when you're seeing me because sometimes like right now my beard is out of control, but like mm-hmm. you know, like you saw me in Vegas, like that's that's the trimmed like good beard, and that's what yeah. that's what it was in the wedding. Yeah. No. Look. Uh, uh, a beard is not a beard is not a beard. I mean, you have to shape right. it up, trim it up. I mean, you know, if it if it has no shape, it's a disaster to me. Right, right. I totally agree. And totally and agree. yours yours was was just just right. It wasn't. Sorry, sorry about Xavier screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't. It wasn't too short. It wasn't too long. But anyway, we'll get into beard beard analysis on another show. I'm sure. Yeah, Xavier was just excited about my beard. That's he, all it was. He well, he uh, he. Um, he calls them spikies. He calls facial hair spikies. So okay, yeah, that, that's like, a very, very like natural way. Yeah, it's whatever, whatever children feel. That's what things are called. That's right. Spikes. And if he feels, if he feels the spikes, then I understand. How how have you been, Denny? Through through these last, uh, how long has it been? Almost about a month, probably, since we podcast last. Yeah. Everything has, everything great. It has been a while. Uh, yeah. Um, as anybody who has uh, who f- follows me on Twitter knows, I've. Uh, 
been, got very much into acupuncture, so I'm sure that that's uh, something that will create a parody account, uh, another parody account. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been. Yet. Uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, exactly. But yeah, so I've been uh, I've been spending my time doing not only uh, acupuncture with my acupuncturist, but he gave me an at home machine. Wow. That that does that does uh, uh, electro acupuncture. So basically, I'm just uh, like shocking the hell out of my uh, feet and ears and arms. Uh, Can you do that while writing fantasy football articles? I do. That's incredible. I do. Yeah, it's um, it once uh, it, it it's not comfortable, and then and then it, and then it gets the sting stops, and then it it just becomes like a a really hard like vibration in your ears, right? So and but but you know I can focus on. Uh, Writing a few sentences about Ryan Tannehill when that thing when 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 that's going <laughs> right exactly exactly you're you're definitely I would I would put money on this that so you're the only fantasy expert that gets acupuncture while they're writing fantasy right. content the yeah, only one that's that's exactly right and you know you you can't look at you know like you can't like have your phone while you're getting actual acupuncture otherwise I would probably just be on Twitter um, arguing about some fantasy thing. Or or live tweeting your experience. Oh, yeah. yeah, be like, oh, there's the, there goes the needle in the bottom of my foot. That hurt. Like a... <laughs> Does it hurt? Uh, part, yes. I mean, parts of it are 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 uncomfortable for sure. Uh, but um, the 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 benefits for me far outweigh that discomfort. So I'm I'm okay. Listen to this. They put they put one on in the top of my head. And what? then they, they put four along my hairline, which I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of him poking around, literally poking around my hair. Uh, uh, yeah, so I have four uh, needles sticking out of the, the, the very edge of my hairline. And I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not nuts about it. But um, if it prevents headaches and whatever, then I'm, I'm, I'm OK. So so it hurts emotionally, though, more for you because of the hair. Yeah, it's like, you know, especially on like a good hair day. I want to be like, right. hey, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. Doc, Doc, can you, you know, relax with the hair? Like, like you don't you don't have to like jostle it like that. I mean, just, right. just put in the pins and, and we're done. Yeah, just wait till they have to like shave your head or something. But don't say that. Why would you? That's, that's like the third meanest thing you've ever said. Oh, <laughs> uh, the other thing that's been going on and you're not you're not doing a Scott Fishbowl team, correct? No, I am giving away a few of my books in in the nice. Scott Fish situation. But yeah, you you are, right? I am. It's been it's been uh an interesting a uh, couple of weeks. I got back from the from my honeymoon on on a Monday that it started, and I started drafting. I was a little late with my pick because I was flying in, but it's been it's been interesting. I mentioned this on Twitter that I was gonna probably slightly rant about this, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you've seen the setup. Do you know anything about the league? Yeah, I mean a little because I seriously think I'm the only one in the industry not in the Scott. <laughs> right, so yeah but go ahead you tell, tell the people well no so so it's it's a so think of a standard lineup you got a quarterback two running backs three wide outs which isn't necessarily standard and a tight end and then no no defense and kicker and then you have four flex spots but one of them is a super flex spot so you can play a quarterback there mm. <clears throat> and it, and if you follow the hashtag on twitter if you follow people on twitter everyone's <clears throat> referring it to it as a super flex league, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not a super, like it is a super flex league only because you can play a quarterback in that flex spot, but there are three other flex spots along with that. Not only that, but you don't have to play 
a quarterback in that flex spot. Uh, Rich Rebar sent me a message, uh, sent, sent I think both of us on Twitter, which was a chart basically of what a wide receiver scores on average versus, you know, a QB 18. Yeah. And it's basically, you know, like a week, a weekly output in a PPR league, you're looking at an average score of a wide receiver 30 to that QB 18. So it's not like, it's not like you have to even play a quarterback in that super flex spot week in and week out. So, you know, it, it was, it was incredible f- for me to just kind of see that, that people were just seeing, oh, I can play two quarterbacks. I have to go quarterback early. But meanwhile, the, the demand of, of the running back and wide receiver positions goes up as well. It goes up, if not more. It, you could make the argument that quarterback is even more devalued in this league than it is a normal league because of all those flex spots. So I ended up going with a really wide receiver heavy approach just because they have a higher ceiling and, and, and I'm playing for that variance because I'm trying to be the, the best team out of a pool of 360. So, you know, I went with, like, Antonio Brown, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans with my first wow. three picks, which is crazy. Those three wide receivers are insane. Uh, but, you know, it was just – it was a very, very strange couple weeks seeing the way that people approach things. I'm not saying I'm completely correct. I'm just saying that I think that people were a little close-minded when it came to the quarterback position with this draft. Right. I, it, was, it was weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard of Superflex described as a, basically a 2QB league by another, by another name. Right, yeah, and, and like, like, I would understand the early quarterback strategy a lot more if there weren't three other flex spots to go along with two running backs and three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So each week, teams are going to be starting, you know, potentially six wide receivers mm-hmm. or potentially five running backs. Like, that's, that's crazy. And once you spend that capital on quarterback early, you're just not able to get those those running backs and wide receivers, those reliable running backs and wide receivers, those elite ones, it's very difficult to find. So I, I kind of punted running back just because late round running backs, uh, the guys that you get off the waiver wire are generally just as viable as the late round running backs are. So I ended up, I mean, my starters are still Ingram and Frank Gore to go along with those wide receivers. Um, and then I still, I mean, I still went, because everyone's going quarterback so quickly, you still you can't like completely punt the position. So I still ended up with with Teddy. Uh, I have I have Jesus and uh, and Josh McCown just to just to have have the guy that that saved us last year many times. Yeah, well, no, I I want to ask because uh, I, I was in an MFL ten because I'm bored um, uh, uh, with you, of course, because you're in all of them, yes. and uh, you took you took McCown. I, it was really late. But what is what is your what is your deal with McCown? Did I get McCown? I don't know if I got McCown in that. Oh really? I, I don't know if I own any. I don't know if I really own any. I I mean I got him in Fishbowl. I don't know if I own him in MFL tens. I own typically like MFL tens, like the the low unless I'm getting three quarterbacks, which isn't very often for me. Yeah. Uh, but the the low end quarterbacks that I'll get. The last guy is usually Alex Smith or, or Andy Dalton. Um, I own so much Alex Smith and Andy Dalton because they're like the last guys in that tier that are dropping off the board. Jay Cutler too. Yeah. Because they're going like the 14th and 15th round. But I, I mean, McCown, it's just a player. I mean, it's a guy It's a guy who's going to be starting that, like, you know, he's not going to be great. He's going to be probably terrible. But it's, 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 you know, a third quarterback in this super flex league. And I got him later. So I just kind of, you know, I needed that insurance just to have another guy. Sure. No, no, I, I mean, I think that he could be useful-ish. It's just he was so, so bad last year. With, oh, yeah, he's terrible. Like, but in a pretty favorable situation, too. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know he I know he delivered for us 
streaming wise a couple times, but, um, uh, but you know, any time that they fell into a negative game script, it was just a debacle. Like team. Oh yeah, yeah, picked- yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I was talking to some people on Twitter kind of about what happened to me last year, and basically every quarterback I drafted ended up like I had Palmer. I might have drafted Bradford. I don't even remember, but. I basically didn't have any quarterbacks in this super flex league towards the end of the year. So I picked up like Sean Hill, Fitzpatrick, you know, all, all kind of just gar- and Derek Anderson, just kind of like garbage, literally garbage players. And, you know, people were questioning, they're like, oh, you can't get starting quarterbacks off the waiver wire in these leagues, but you can. And one week, actually, I scored 60 combined points with Sean Hill and Ryan Fitzpatrick because it was the week that... That Fitz that that Fitz went off and had six touchdowns and and Sean Hill scored like twenty two fantasy points. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like, I mean, it it can happen. It's viable. Forty one different quarterbacks had top twelve performances last year, at least one. So, I mean, there's and there's thirty two teams in the league. So clearly, you know, if a if a quarterback is being thrown under center, the chances that he gets at least one usable week is very very high. All right. So so tonight or today or whenever you're listening, I guess uh, we're going to be talking about some players who will more than likely see an ADP rise as preseason hits and as games start to be played. So basically, guys, that right now you might be able to get at a discount, but in two weeks, a month, however long, before the season, good luck. Yeah. Uh, so so we're, I mean, do you have a, you want to add more to that description? Yeah, I just it's, it's just... Uh... It's especially important for you know people who, who listen to the show and really are committed to... Uh, scooping up kind of the bottom of the barrel type type quarterbacks at the end of a draft if if everything is going along the the ADP path um, yeah. uh, but it's it's easy to get excited about a guy in July who uh, will be available at an entirely different different price come late August right, right. And, and we've seen we've seen so many times in the preseason just guys just skyrocket. Do you remember, like Zach Sudfeld? Yeah, I mean, or you know, yes, yes, that's that's a great example. Kelsey, Kelsey, last year, one week I was drafting him in the twelfth round. The next week I was drafting him in the seventh. You know, right. So. so it can go both ways. I mean, I mean, Kelsey obviously still lived up to that ADP. Sudfeld did not. Neither did Kembrell Tompkins for, from that same season. I mean, there's mm-hmm. it, it goes both ways. So what we'll do when we go through these players, we both have about five each, five situations. Uh, we'll walk through them and we'll, we can give our take too, just so that people know like where we stand with these guys. And it's not as though we're saying you're going to avoid these guys at all costs. It's just a general situation. We're trying to predict the future of what happens to our fantasy football stock market, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, I think that it does impact the way that we, it should impact the way that we look at players because, you know, even though not much is going on right now, I think mm-hmm. if you're laying out plans and, Thinking about these things, if you have the luxury of thinking about these things right now, then um, it is uh, it is important to know that player A will not be available there, or likely likely won't. I mean, we we don't know for sure, but really, I mean, all, we're talking about like the Roto World blurb uh, bump, right? Yeah, that's right. that's what we're talking about. We're talking about those blurbs, and we all know them. Those blurbs that come out in mid August that say just you know just unbelievably great things about about guys either from coaches or from the media or from fellow players um you know and uh, i remember seeing that stuff about um before jimmy graham was like a consensus top yeah. then uh you started to see those blurbs in august and you were like holy cow like this guy's adp is about to go crazy and it did yeah and it did yeah. he was very hard to get by the end of that summer but 
Um, but yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and it's super helpful too if you're building like a portfolio with your MFL 10s. You're going to get guys now and you want to load up on them now before their ADP will inevitably spike where you might not want to draft them. So get your exposure to them now before it's too late. Yeah, yeah. Or if, or if like I'm in a dynasty uh, uh, free auction, free agent auction right now and um, I'm trying to target guys, especially who I think have not seen their ADP spike and, and right. will, you know. Right, yeah. So this is for for you degenerates that are actually doing actionable things in fantasy football right now. <laughs> uh, so do you want to start off with some some someone that you think is going to be rising? Yeah. So I, I've talked uh, and written uh, a lot about Eli Manning uh, going into this year. Um, you know, I think what was it like a couple months ago? He was available like like way down in the draft. Um, now. He, he so so he was available in the twelfth two months ago. Now now he's at the beginning of the ninth, and um, he's the twelfth quarterback off the board. So his mm-hmm. his price has has jumped, and I I don't think it's impossible that we'll see him get to, you know, right now for some reason Matt Stafford is going before him, right. um, Brady is going before him. So if Brady's suspension holds up, I I see Eli jumping Brady. Um, I, I could see like jumping Tony Romo who's going in the middle of the seventh. So, you know, with, with, you know, you know, with the blurb effect with, you know, like a huge ESPN article or something, um, I think that, um, that Eli could become, uh, unaffordable for, for those who stream the position. And I'm I'm sad about that, but I just, I, I see it happening. Yeah, I mean, the more, the more, like, Eli's a very popular player among fantasy analysts in general because of the way that he finished with with Odell Beckham. Uh, Rich Rebar made a good point at one, at, at like a week or two ago. I can't remember how long it was. But a lot of that had to do with, like, you know, we, we're going to naturally credit to Odell Beckham. And uh, I mean, I'm sure this has to do with it as well. But a lot of it has to do with they were throwing the ball about five more times down per game down that stretch, uh, which, which plays into Eli you know, performing better. Cause he had, like I, I said on a previous podcast, he had uh, five top five performances over the last nine weeks of the season, which is something that only, you know, seven other quarterbacks had last year during throughout the entire season. So there's that connection with Odell Beckham. He's getting Victor Cruz. They have Shane Vereen. I mean, there's no reason to believe that that volume will necessarily be different because they've added these passing weapons and they have these great weapons. Uh, so, you know, to your point, I think I think more and more people are just going to be writing about him, and and that's going to just mm-hmm. just catapult his ADP. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see I don't see me owning much of him in in redraft leagues just because he's going to be um, okay, like like Matt Ryan uh, before twenty twelve, I want to say right, yeah, um, yeah, before his breakout, Matt Ryan was like really late round guy, then middle round, then kind of early roundish, and you just had you have to back off at some point, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the key here is that like you really don't need to reach at all for a quarterback. You just don't. If if you're in an auction draft, I think it could be different where a lot of these guys are only going for a dollar or two, so it's not that big of a deal. But you're spending equity on the quarterback position when there's no reason to start these guys week in and week out. So so peace out, Eli. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So who, who do you have? Um. So the first one I want to talk about is a guy that's already like 
he's already risen a lot in MFL tens. If you've been doing them recently, I mean, I went on my honeymoon and he was a late or an early fourth round, maybe late third round. And now he's jumped in MFL tens to the early third round, just in that, that couple weeks span. That's CJ Spiller. Um, I mean, I, I think we all loved him and, or love him going into this season. Um, you know, he, his, his ADP, according to fantasy football calculator and standard leagues is late fourth, 4.12. It's late third, early fourth in PPR leagues, so that hasn't really caught up to what the MFL 10 audience is doing. Um, but I think I think there's a, a really big uh, chance that his ADP rises even more, <clears throat> and a lot of it has to do with him being an electric player and him and him already having finished as a top five running back before in fantasy. People recognizing that, remembering that, and then seeing and then drafting him higher as a result. But there's a lot of reasons to love C.J. Spiller this year. I mean, I I mentioned, I was chatting with you earlier today, Denny, the Saints running back reception totals since Drew Brees has been a Saint, so 2006, in in terms of receptions, they've ranked first, 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 third, second, first, 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 and first in the league. It's it's incredible. Uh, C.J. Spiller's going to eat. You don't have Pierre Thomas, Traveris Cadet there anymore. Jimmy Graham's gone. Kenny Stills is gone. I mean, he could he could legitimately. I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised if he gets close to, to close or exceeds eighty catches this year. Um, but there's that the, the the big thing with C.J. Spiller right now is that his ADP is rising so much to the point where you need him to be scoring touchdowns where you're drafting him. And Mark Ingram is the guy at the goal line for the Saints. He he saw more rushes than any other running back within the five yard line last year. He is their guy close to the goal line. So. I see this situation, if you remember Pierre Thomas a couple years ago, where he had 77 catches, yeah. but he had he had about 150 rushes. I don't think that Spiller will, will reach that, and I think Spiller will see more targets than Pierre Thomas did that year. Uh, but as a result, you know, Thomas was still uh, RB16 because he couldn't score. Darren Sproles, when Darren Sproles had that, that bonkers year, he was still RB12, and and he, he, he scored seven times through the air. So... Basically, you know, what we need here is if Spiller does get to that 80 catch area, I think he's going to have a great weekly floor in PPR leagues. I think that he's a really solid option for for that purpose, but I don't think his ceiling is going to be as high as some people might think because he's going to be capped by those touchdowns. Yeah, right, right. Uh, um, I, I is it is it impossible that his ADP eclipses Ingram's by August? Yeah, I mean, I, it's already, I mean, it's already happening and I... I understand why it would happen um, in terms of in – a, in a regular season. Like I think it's different in best ball because I think in best ball, you have a guy like Ingram who's going to score touchdowns if he's healthy, so you don't have to play the predicting game because when he scores or when he has a big game, he's going to be in your lineup. But Spiller's PPR upside is, is giving him that floor – where you don't have to be afraid of that weekly decision with him. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ingram's going to still be consistent, but we're already seeing drafts where Spiller's being drafted ahead of Ingram. And I I think actually now it's the norm in MFL times. Really? Yeah. Which is, which to me, I mean, I'm still going Ingram, but that's, that's just what's happening. And it's crazy because I was getting Spiller in the fifth round earlier, you know, a month ago. Wow. So. Wow. I I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, I mean, Spiller is, the ultimate like like sexy pick and always has been you mm. know i mean even well didn't he go in the first round two years ago yeah i mean he was a top five running back the one year yeah. and then the next year you know everyone was excited and right. he 
and he got Fred Jackson's is what happened. he did. Yes, he did. Uh, I knew I knew it was bad. Bad things were coming when I think on like his first preseason carry, he limped off the field, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, right, okay. yeah. I mean that that season that he had a couple of years ago was was incredible. Yeah. I mean it was it was literally the number fire database that we use. Like it was one of the best running back seasons since since two thousand. Yeah. So you can't you know we can't like belittle what CJ Spiller is you know we can't say that he's you know it, it, this isn't all hype like he's not just some electric player that that hasn't proven anything I mean he can be a really good running back and and throwing him in this offense putting him in space like he he's going to be able to do a lot in this offense mm-hmm. uh, I just you know I'm I'm okay with his ADP and PPR leagues right now but I'm afraid of what is going to potentially happen as more and more people get excited about him because realistically with fantasy content, which is what drives ADP and market value, right? Whenever, like you said, when Roto World publishes a blurb, crazy things happen. Mm-hmm. When when Evan Silva says something, crazy thing. When Mike Clay says something, it's just when people are saying these things, mm-hmm. it drives ADP. So, but the thing is, is that a lot of times they're just content is based on just saying who is good and who is not without with you know not saying anything about market value yeah so as a as a result they're just saying cj spiller is really good so people will take him a little bit above where his his adp is and if you just keep doing that over and over again then you get a guy who's just way too costly right i mean it's just, it's like the gronk thing where people think that we think gronk is bad right right exactly <laughs> you know like yes yes we think he's terrible yeah uh, right. no I, but yeah i mean Every discussion from here on out has to involve price. Yeah, you have to assume price is being part of what we're talking about. Yes, right. And I I just, I think that that, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's left out quite a bit in the conversations. And especially when, uh, especially when people are really bullish on a player and then you, and then, you know, like you or me or someone else will, will say, you know, hey, you know, maybe we should be, little cautious because of this and this they said well he's a great player but that's not what the argument the argument is not he's a great player versus he's a bad player it's exactly it's he's a great player going at this really high adp that i'm not comfortable with you know exactly exactly so that's but yeah i could see spiller kind of going going nuts i mean all look at all it takes with a lot of these guys and and i'll get to my to my next player if you're are you done with spiller yeah 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 good do it to it yeah so all it takes with these guys like like in Austin Safarian Jenkins, Jenkins is one is one or two uh, um, preseason highlights. You know, uh, highlight right. real catches, touchdowns, whatever. And suddenly, you know, your 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 more uh, casual fantasy footballer is saying, "Oh man, who who's that guy? I I got to get him. Where where's he going in drafts? Oh man, that seems really late. I would take him in the tenth round, not the fifteenth round." And I, I, I've seen the blurb effect on already, the blurb effect with ASJ. Um, there was a, a really, uh, um, a, I don't know, a, a really good blurb on him uh, maybe a week ago. And on, on he's uncoverable, unstoppable, something like that. Mm-hmm. And boom, he went, he went in the, um, he went fairly early in the MFL 10 that we're in. Like, right. like right after that blurb came out, I'm talking like, right like instantly 30 minutes right and it was and then he went before for me he went before at least three or four tight ends that i would have taken before him so uh so this so this thing is real and i can see a touchdown major touchdown threat like asj becoming a riser now 
I'm not saying that he's going to rise, you know, into like the early rounds. Of course, of course, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now he's going in the 13th round, um, which is a slight rise from a month ago. And um, I mean, you know, I know Charles Clay is getting his fair share of press, too, but he's he's going to go before Charles Clay. I could see him getting to the, I don't know, the Vernon Davis range, which is in the 12th. Um, uh, Dwayne Allen's going in the in the beginning of the 12th. Uh, I could see ASJ getting above all those guys. Uh, yeah. Um, by the um, by the beginning of this or by by the end of the end of the preseason. Uh, so I think that um, I'll already look at Josh Hill uh, is a guy who's going in the 10th now. Okay, that's five right. rounds that he's that he's jumped this all season. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that also, I mean, with ASJ, if, if Jameis Winston looks good, then it's the same. I mean, it's the same logic. It doesn't even have to be ASJ-related. It's just you look at these uh, situations with a lot of question marks, and if those question marks are solved in any way, shape, or form, then, then ADPs rise. Yeah, and I, I like, I mean, I, I trust me, I, I would love to have ASJ as like a streaming centerpiece, you know? Yeah. Uh, him and him and another guy, him and you know, say Delaney Walker or something. I think that that would be a great, uh, fa- those would be two great foundational pieces for for playing matchups. But yeah, um, I just I I think that we're gonna see that price on ASJ change uh, pretty dramatically um, over the next thirty days or so. Yeah, definitely. That's a good one. Uh, another one I have is kind of. I mean, this is kind of a, a high level one, but it's it's whoever fills the Shane Vereen role in New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you're seeing a lot Traveris Cadet and James White, uh, which could easily be the case. I think those are the two front runners in general that they've been throwing around a lot as to who would fill that role. But it's a good role to have. I mean, over the last two years, Vereen has had fewer than three targets in only four of his 24 games that he's played. Mm-hmm. So he's getting at least three targets per game in that role. Um, and, and I just, I, I think in general, the, the, the main reason you're going to see an ADP jump with, with one of those guys, cause they're both going in around the 13th, 14th round, uh, in according to fantasy football calculator. Um, so I, you know, clearly if one of those guys comes out of the preseason as, you know, that guy, and I think we might get a decent idea. You don't, you never know with the Patriots, but we might get a decent idea. And if we do, he's going. I guarantee you, he jumps to the to the eighth or ninth round in drafts. Mm-hmm. Sure, pretty easily in, in PPR leagues, pretty easily. Yeah, maybe maybe higher. Yeah, right. I mean, you have you have Legarrette Blunt right now going around in the in the sixth ish round, which I, is is risky. I mean, it is risky. Um, but I I understand the logic there. But if you have a guy like Vereen or a, a guy playing that Vereen role, when you know Vereen was just as uh, capable as the running backs who who were getting the actual touches, not the not the targets. Um, I mean, he's he's it's it's going to close the gap tremendously. Sure, sure, and and uh, and I mean, you know, Blunt, like the uh, unknown running back that we're talking about right now, will be highly dependent on game script and game plan as as right. always, and trying to predict their their games, like you know, trying to predict for the Vereen game. It was right. like the worst exercise in fantasy football. So yeah. that, that's, uh, but I don't think that that deters people. Yeah, not not at all. Uh, you want to keep going? Yeah. Uh, so um, my, I'm going to go with another tight end here. I, I, um, I don't think it's happening yet. Although he has risen by one round over the past month, um, Tyler Eifert. Um, 
I love Eifert. Yes, I do too. And to, uh, he's uh, uh, he's a guy who, if if just a just a Google Google news search will will tell you everything you need to know about the potential for his ADP rising because every headline is breakout star, future fantasy stud. You know, the Bengals are going to use him here and here and here. The you know uh, um, they see him as a match uh, 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 a matchup. Um, a matchup nightmare as a seam buster. I mean, you just see these incredible things describing the way that the team wants to use him, wants to uh, wants him to be part of the offense. So, uh, and he's actually been good, good in the times that he's not horribly injured. So, yeah, I mean, and and yeah, I mean, the key obviously too is that Jermaine Gresham is gone. I mean, he is Eifert's the tight end, right? And and so yeah, th- there's there's a little more clarity um, with with situation now right now he's going in the in the 13th round according to fantasy football calculator so i mean you know that's not a a huge price to pay but like i said that's risen by around and uh i i just i see him as a kind of explosive uh guy who can can could or will get a ton of hype uh and with a few uh preseason uh highlights uh, i think that suddenly people will see him as a locked in starter and maybe that's maybe that's right i'm not saying that's not correct but yeah. you know and you don't you don't you don't get a locked in starter at tight end in the 13th round you 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 have to spend a a sixth or a seventh or an eighth round pick on him so right um uh you know get him while you can honestly i think get him while you can uh be before the the hype train starts because it, i th- I, bl- I really believe it will for Eifert. yeah he's actually my he's my tight end in scott fishbowl he he, the the thing with with Eifert like it's it's a physical freak tight end that had some decent hype coming out of, of of college and he was derailed by an injury and I mean you're following a similar trajectory in a way just something that's kind of similar as how we viewed Travis Kelsey last year sure. going into the season I don't think it's going to get to the extreme that the Kelsey hype train did but I do think Eifert's in a in a pretty good situation with Gresham being gone I have. I have Marvin Jones on my list. I don't really have to talk about him uh, a, a whole lot just because I think that him and Eifert are kind of in that similar situation being on the same team. But with Marvin Jones, uh, I, the, the one fear that I have that I think people are overlooking a bit uh, with the Bengals offense, because I think the Bengals offense it should be pretty good um, with with healthy uh, weapons to, to Andy Dal- for Andy Dalton. Um, but the problem with the Bengals is that they don't throw a lot of, of passes in this new offense with, with Hugh Jackson running it. Um, last year, they didn't they, they were in the bottom third in the league in, in passes and dropbacks. Uh, and it makes sense because Jeremy Hill's a freaking monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they, need, they need to have that kind of offense with Andy Dalton as well. They don't want Andy Dalton to be throwing 650 times a season. Mm-hmm. So I think volume is kind of a question mark. I have... I have Marvin Jones projected around the 90 target range, which isn't phenomenal. It's not great, but I think that his ADP just like Eifert is going to rise because of just the way that people, you know, people forget, people probably forget about, about both of those guys because they didn't play last year and, or barely did. And you see, you see, you see a guy like Marvin Jones who can look pretty fun to watch and you're going to you're going to watch him and be like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy who scored four touchdowns 2 years ago." Yeah, you mean in one game. And in one game, on, on, right? On on like five catches. Yeah, he scored 10. I mean, like the guy was a freak uh, he was a freak of nature. He was going to you know, it's clear regression coming, but at the same time, 
you know, he's going to be that number two receiver there. I think Sanu, if anything, takes away, takes some of the Gresham looks because he'll play in the slot. <laughs> but I think in general, you know, both those guys I, I like. I own a ton of them in MFL 10s. Uh, but I do think that, that both will rise. I think Eifert's probably the better bet to rise just because he's not – he's you know, it's, it's easier to be buried among wide receivers because there's so many of them as opposed to tight ends. But right. I think both those guys in that offense could easily be rising. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, and I mean, this doesn't—it obviously doesn't have to do with the quarterback situation because Dalton is pretty horrible, and everybody knows that. Right. Um, but it has more to do with opportunity, and I think that 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 will, that will also drive, or that could drive the ADP of these guys. Yeah. All right. You want to go get your next one? Uh, yeah. Uh, so my last one was another quarterback. Um, I, I really think that this guy is already seeing it, uh, seeing the rise, and will continue, I think, to tick up uh, Ryan Tannehill. And I'm conflicted because I I actually really like Ryan Tannehill. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a, an article published on thefakefootball.com uh, tomorrow morning um, that looks at uh, him and uh, other quarterbacks going in the QB 13 to 24 range. And so I, I've been publishing these equity scores where, you know, um, I have median and high projections for each player. And Tannehill's high projection um, puts him inside the top five quarterbacks this year. So wow. he, yeah, and, and his median is not is not bad. I can't remember what it is right now. But um, uh, basically, uh, I don't see him, uh, I see him meeting his his costs. Now, we've talked about how, that doesn't mean a ton in 10 and 12 team leagues because um, very few quarterbacks are every week plays, you know, we're, right. we're talking about matchup dependent and he's not different um, uh, in that, in that regard. But um, you know, if you take the view that Tannehill is an elite fantasy player being drafted in the middle of the ninth round, then, and 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 you don't want to go through streaming because I get it. You don't want to have to like, scour the waiver wire in every league. And you just if you want a plug and play guy who's at a reasonable cost right now, I I honestly I wouldn't I wouldn't hate taking Tannehill there. He has the Konami code effect going for him. Um, he has new weapons, as Fantasy Douche said on Twitter so so beautifully the other day. Uh, everybody in, in, or in heaven, everybody is in their second year in an offense. Right, and right. so that's you know he has that going for him. Um, he was um, he, and he and you know in the, during the last half of last year, uh, he was a waiver wire gem for us right. and, and for others. You know who who, right. who picked him up and played him in in favorable matchups. So, um, but I don't I really don't think that his uh, ADP will stay in the middle of the ninth, uh, barring you know some you know, some. Uh, catastrophic news or something, but um, it's risen um, a little bit over the past um, uh, the the past couple months. Um, but I see, I could see that getting into like the seventh round, and that's where I'm uncomfortable with him. Yeah. You know, like, like Eli, I want him. I don't think I'm going to get him. Right. I think the the whole Dolphins offense is kind of that way. Like they're 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 going to rise. That's that's the next thing on my list is just. I think a Dolphins wide receiver might come through and show us that he's going to have a larger role than we think. Let me, I'll back up though and say, look at what the Dolphins lost. They lost Mike Wallace. He had 115 targets. 
Charles Clay had 84. Brian Hartline had 63. Rest in peace, Brian Hartline. <laughs> so that's 263 targets between those guys. They clearly they, they kept Jarvis Landry. But but then they added Devontae Parker in the draft. They got Kenny Stills, Greg Jennings, and Jordan Cameron. So they not only have an extra wide receiver that could be viable in some way, but they also probably have a better wide receiving group and a better tight end, receiving tight end if Cameron does stay healthy. So now I'm only saying this because I think that it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand the Jarvis Landry love. I don't really truly understand it. Uh, Just because all of that, I don't see Jarvis Landry, you know, getting the 140 targets that he would probably need if, I mean, he might even need more to live up to his ADP. With all those guys, I, I just don't don't wholly understand it. So, but I do think, with that being said, I do think maybe a Stills or a Parker. It's really between those two guys because I don't think Jennings is going to play a, a monster role. But I think if one of those two guys can emerge, just because of this Dolphins hype train and the way that people are feeling about them going into the season in that offense, and like you said with Tannehill, uh, I, I think one of those guys could could see a decent ADP spike. Oh yeah, I. I mean, without the without the uh, injury issues, I thought Parker was gonna just jump, right? Um, but um, that obviously the, the injury stuff is gonna keep him. Where, where, I don't even know where he's going right now. Hold on. He's uh, like, I think he's uh, like a tenth yeah. or eleventh round yeah. round guy. He's, I mean, him and Stills are, are going around the, the same same p or same same time in the draft. Jordan Cameron's like maybe a round earlier. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking that a guy might emerge there and just because of the way people view Tannehill because of his upside like you said they're one of those guys is going to jump and then the last guy on my list other than Ladarius Green because we know what's going to happen with Ladarius Green it's a given that Ladarius Green is going to be right. rising uh i do think that that Brashad Brashad Perryman is going to to jump uh right now he's like a ninth ninth ish round pick um you have a team that literally has all but maybe about 120 to 130 targets kind of designated to a player with Steve Smith because everyone else is is new or gone in some way for the most part, other than like force it. I'm most you know I'm just talking tight end and, and wide receiver. Um, I have I have Perriman at about 107 targets right now, but I think that the the discomfort with him in fantasy comes from the way that the Ravens are kind of handling his situation. You know, uh, leaving it a very open ended, not putting him number two in the depth chart and so on and so forth. But I think that their investment that they made in him, their need at the wide receiver position, the competition that he has and his explosiveness that you're going to going to probably inevitably see in the preseason is going to just make his 80. I mean, like, like he could easily be the best rookie wide receiver this season, just given his situation and given, given his skill set and, and who he's playing with and so on and the offense that he's in and so on. So I, I think that the preseason is really going to do a lot to his ADP and maybe, maybe put him into maybe that seventh round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think any, any of that is, uh, is out of the question. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then there's, you know, we avoided talking like the running back situations, but there's, you know, there's Cleveland, there's Atlanta, there's Detroit, there's Tampa Bay. I think those, those, those ones are, are ones that people are going to, to to want to watch and take a look at and see you know once one of those guys emerges if they do like a Tevin Coleman or like a Doug Martin you know those guys are obviously going to see a rise in ADP dramatically because of the running back position. Yeah, uh, 
uh, your, uh, your, your boy, uh, uh, Tevin Coleman will definitely, uh, will definitely jump. I think probably as soon as the preseason starts. I'm, I'm hoping that people see how bad Devonte Freeman is. Uh, he's, he's just really not good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but yeah. And I, I just, I think that that'll become clear sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. So once that does, you know, you get a guy in an efficient offense and boom, his ADP goes once, you know, if, if Joyke Bell right. shows signs of, 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 of his injury, his knee injury or whatever is going on with him. Right. Uh, you know, Amir Abdullah, just boom. Right. It's just going to rise. Yeah. Getting back to the point you had with Tannehill, if, if you're, if you think a, a quarterback is going to rise to the level of, of elite fantasy production, then, you know, just by default, one or two or more of his pass catchers are going to benefit. Right. So if if you feel like there's an there's an inefficiency there, in in the in the way that the market is is judging these guys, then you know you you have to be bullish on a Dolphins wide receiver if you're bullish on Tannehill. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, it just depends on how much. Like I think a great example is Aaron Rodgers in 2009. When he was, yeah, I forget where he went, but he was not selected. I don't. I think in, uh, until the middle rounds, and right. he ended up being QB one. Right. And if you thought that he was going to be that good, and and some people did, then you had to go. You know, you had to incorporate that into his wide receivers and tight ends as well. Sure. Um, uh, so that 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 is just something kind of on a high level to keep to keep in mind. If you love a quarterback you know, then you, you should or, or could or should love one of his pass catchers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that I think that wraps it up for the most part. Are you ready to answer some yeah. Twitter questions? We have a lot because we've just been collecting them since we haven't potted in about a month. So hmm. I'm going to go through them as quick as possible. This first one is from at TJ Hernandez, Big Ear Pock. There, there's a right answer to this. I mean – uh, I'll say my answer is that I'm far too white to answer this question. Um, I've heard of both of these fellows. <laughs> um, you you go ahead and take this one. It's Tupac. It's 100% Tupac. Oof, hot take. Yeah. Next one, at Stott99. Cue for the next pod. Late round flyers. Do you prefer taking wide receivers or running backs in standard redraft? Denny, do you have a preference? Standard redraft... I mean, it depends. I mean, if there's like a really early run on running backs, then I tend to go wide receiver, honestly, and and yeah. and vice versa. I, and if it's just kind of going along normally, I I actually tend to lean wide receiver partly because of um, your your work on on bust rates, right? Um, with wide receivers and running backs. Um, I mean, I know you showed that running running backs the the bust rate we should be cognizant of of, of bus race with running backs as well but um but the but the, the wide receiver reliability for, the, for those top guys is just is too much for me to pass up sometimes right and i mean the thing so the thing with the late round picks uh which is kind of interesting uh since uh, how many years is it the last over the last five years um the the amount of, the amount of running backs that you could have drafted in the 10th to the undrafted range that ended up as elite and i say elite i did an article on this um, but I say elite as in they were in a clear tier of their, I'm not saying like a, a, a finite top six running back. I'm saying points wise, they were in a tier because every year there's a tier of running backs that are so much better than everyone else from a fantasy point scored perspective. 
of those running backs, there are about thir- I think there are 34 of them over the last five years. Only three of them came from the 10th round or later, and that includes undrafted players. And it was basically like Justin Forsett, C.J. Anderson, and, and one other guy. So, And that's over the last five years. So basically, if you're going to get running backs that late, you're just as you're just as well to just get them off the waiver wire as opposed to wide receivers where you can sometimes you know the chances aren't aren't any that much greater but they're a little bit greater from a probability standpoint. Right. If that, if that makes sense. No, I got you. Next one is at Kronzi Roto. I'm at Disneyland eating treats and sweets. Rank these theme park treats: corn dog, churro, turkey leg, corn on the cob. I mean, turkey legs at the bottom. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Wait. So let me let me guess. You're gonna put corn on the cob, then corn dog, and then churro, and then turkey leg. Yeah, that sounds right. No, that's not even. That's not correct. It would probably go churro, turkey leg, corn dog, corn on the cob. Oh God, you're such a you're such a hater. No, I'm I'm this <laughs> the that's the real ranking. <laughs> Next one is at Shakar Manor. Of the top five QBs ADP-wise, how soon will you draft them? Round six, round seven, not at all? Well, the top five is a big difference. There's a big difference between, you know. Yeah, right. The fifth one goes in, like, the sixth round already. Yeah. So, I I mean, okay, let's just talk about – let's just – well, we we had the Andrew Luck podcast. So, where would you take Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it's always the the bust rate stuff that that I've done and some of the the – because I, I don't follow VBD because I think VBD is really flawed. Basically, the word like what I've found is that the fourth round is usually when it, the top quarterback should leave the board. Right. Yeah, I would take. So that's I would take him in. I would take him in the fourth. I would. Yeah, the fourth is, and I do that in MFL tens. I mean, I I take if Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers falls to the fourth round, that's I will take them. Mm-hmm. I know people are shocked. I mean. We got a tweet from from a from a listener who was just bowled over. They yeah, chose luck in the fourth, and I was like, I was thinking like, oh, that sounds that sounds like a really great value. Like, right, right. Like I know it's your hashtag brand and your hashtag yes, content and everything, but uh, and your hashtag Twitter handle, but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still but like but like if you truly understand the late round QB situation, then right. luck in the fourth shouldn't shock you. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, the next one's at Jonathan S. Foyer. Which is the closest possible world? Trump winning the president nomination or Dennis Pitta being a top three tight end? Well, that's just that's just a mean tweet. <laughs> that is pretty mean because Trump getting the nomination right. would probably be it. Yeah, probably. I would I I would say that that's much more likely. Yeah. Than I mean, that's probably more likely than Pitta playing. Like probably you're probably right in a regular season game. So, thanks, thanks, dude, thanks. Uh, the next one's from at Sean underscore Tat. Do you think Latavius Murray will bring top ten running back numbers this year? No, no. Uh, no, I don't either because I think he needs to be in a little bit more of a, of an efficient offense. Yeah. I think he's a better he's he's a better best ball guy than than uh, season long guy just because of that predictability. Yeah, I mean he's in a he's in a bad offense with a bad quarterback on a bad team. I just I don't. Yeah, this is at Sobchak underscore Walter. My cue. Do you know who is Cadet? Why everybody is sleeping on him? He is better than Vereen. Good point. That's a good point. D- yep. That was his cue. Do you know who is Cadet? 
I I do. I've heard. I I remember him. <laughs> I know. I know who is him. Uh, yeah, I remember him. But uh, yeah, we already talked. I mean, we kind of talked yeah. about that earlier in the podcast. This is from at Ducalion. Douche. Douche. For redraft, 0.5 PPR. Your thoughts on players who are values in rounds three to six? Hype will move many players around by September. That's rounds three to six. Are you a you're a Martavis guy? I am a truther. Yeah, Martavis. so Martavis is a guy. Yeah, he is a guy. I mean, that, that, that you're into. <laughs> so, so Spiller, right? Yeah, I mean, if he, yeah, if he, if he, yeah, Spiller, sure. Are we talking about just wide receivers? No. Yeah, I mean, I think we actually hit on a decent number of these guys already, but uh, um, Spiller works, Ingram works. I like both of them. I like both in in fantasy this year. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm on a, I feel like I'm on a boat alone with this, but. I don't hate Golden Tate as the wide receiver 21 or 22 coming off the board. Our, the number fire projections liked him too, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, he, he needs to he needs to progress with Calvin from a touchdown standpoint. Right. Like, I'm not right. – I think that's that's really the key. And that, that people – you know, like, clearly his fantasy points scored sucked compare, in comparison. He was more like a wide receiver three with Calvin. But a lot of that was touchdown related. Yeah, I, I, you know, he was still getting eight targets a game with Calvin, and as much as I dislike him, <laughs> like right. as a player, um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that he can do a lot with a little, and um, I know his splits were scary um, right. without, with, with and without Calvin last year, but um, when he got a chance, he was so, he was dominant. Yeah, he was great. Um, so yeah, those are some random names. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about more, I'm sure throughout the off season. Uh, this is at Grizzly Blair in a two QB league where passing touchdowns are worth six points. Which round should I draft Fred Jackson? <laughs> Definitely as early as possible. Yeah. I would say mid third. Uh, the, <laughs> yes. Mid third round. Yeah. Precisely. This this one's from Ducalion as well. Thoughts on if Gurley will be a low end RB one production once he's on the field? Gurley trutherism. Are you into that? No, no, I'm not either. We talked we talked down Gurley on this. Podcast and I don't before. I don't get why Trey Mason is not I, like I'm I'm almost like afraid to take him MFL tens because he just kind of lingers there. He does linger a lot. I mean. To me, it's just I don't really want a part of that offense. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm I'm investing in good offenses when I draft players, and that Rams offense, like Jeff Fisher, just loves winning thirteen to ten. Well, I I think that's a little much, honestly. I think I think he would yeah, more like 10, ten to seven maybe for a nine six. Yeah, right, exactly. He doesn't like touchdowns. Wait, nine six is the last second field goal. So yeah, absolutely. And then he'll shave his his mustache, and then he'll grow another one. He shave he'll he'll shave it after his nine to six win. <laughs> this is at Bryant ATC. Why is there so much hype around rookies this year? Which rooks do you like most and least ADP based? So I already talked. We talked about Perriman. Are you on board with Perriman? As, as like he's my favorite rookie wide receiver situation wise. All of that. I, um, I, I paid. I paid a boatload for him in the dynasty league. So yeah, like I'm. I'm all about that. So what? Who? Who's the worst? Like, like do you like Nelson Aguilar? I, I can never say his last name. Yeah. Aguilar. Uh. I don't at his ADP because right. I last time I checked, 
It was, no, he's, he goes in like the sixth round sometimes in NFL 10s, or a lot of times, I should say. Yeah, he, so he's going, yeah, he's going in the seventh. Uh, I mean, he's going before Charles Johnson, who I like a lot more. He's going before Roddy. Right. So, you know, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not taking him there, no way. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat just because there's a very, very strong chance that there's just a lot of wide receiver two play for Philly. Although I do, I mean, I still like J-Matt, but that's a, that's a different topic. Yeah. Uh, this is also from Brian ATC. He says, thoughts on Owen Daniels at his current ADP? Um, I mean, he's going in the... He's like 13th probably. Well, actually, wow. No, it says he's going in the... Um, fantasy football calculator, he's going in the 8th. Oh, well, that's way too high. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, well, let me tell you where Virgil Green is going. He's going nowhere. I heard you type that, and I heard the, the dude... Yeah. Because he's he's not on that no, page. he's going past the 15th round. Right, yeah. Virgil, all day. So, yeah, that's... Got to go for that upside at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's from at Mr. 42. You ever thought about quitting fantasy and becoming a corn model? I mean, I, I was in the 90s. Um, <laughs> it was a crazy time. But... When you had when, when you had highlights in your hair? <laughs> that that's that's a fact people about they just wanted you they did you just you got highlights because you wanted your hair to match the corn that's, I, I that's that's also a fact so yeah it was uh it was it was a crazy time there were you know uh, lots of drugs and women but you know that's that's what <laughs> happens with the corn modeling business so yeah <laughs> you just get whatever you want i heard uh, yeah i mean you live like a live like a king a king with more corn than you could ever read, and it's constantly stuck in your teeth. But it becomes part of, you know, you. part of who you are. Really. Yeah, Denny, Denny the Corn Man, nineteen ninety eight. Go Google that. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, at Maddie Matt E said, "Greater token of commitment and joy: wedding band or fantasy football championship? Wedding band." Yeah, come on. I mean, as much as it's great to win a, a league, I mean, hope- Denny, you've you've won you've won the life league. I. I, you know what? I feel like I feel like I have, and I I like that a whole lot more than winning my home league. Although home league comes really close. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. It is. It is really really uh, close. Yeah, the, the home league always 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 is my top priority. Yes, yes, I'm with you there. This is uh, at one Defool Gemini. Am I to seek therapy for contemplating riding with Jameis Winston as my quarterback in redrafts? Tall weapons slash soft schedule. I mean, he's going to be a, a nice streamer, I think. But yeah, I mean, I you know. yeah, right. He's a, he's he's more than likely going to end up as a streamer. But at the same time, sure, because you like what we want you to do is go for high upside players at the quarterback position that cost absolutely nothing, and he fits the bill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm because of ambiguity. You don't yeah. really know what you're going to get. Yeah, from but him. no, no one should be saying. You know, no one should say he's my starter. Like he's not. I think that that just feeds into to the whole idea that we're running real NFL teams instead of right. just trying to maximize fantasy points at different positions. Right. Uh, this one's from at something about football. He said, do you mock draft and what do you look for when you do? I mean, yeah, I, I do, but <laughs> I, I don't find it very useful uh, to mock draft and random mocks because first of all, you have trolls. And second of all, you have just horrendous things happening. You have like six quarterbacks going in the first two rounds, you know, that kind of right. thing. And that doesn't, well, yeah. doesn't reflect the kind of leagues we play in. So, 
And you can you can still I mean I mean for me for me it's just way way different because I'm just drafting constantly. But like, like I think that you can get way more out of analyzing ADP data than you can from. And I understand that's coming from those mock drafts that we just mocked. But if you are analyzing ADP data, you can get just as much out of it and save a lot of time. Even though I mean I still mock, but I do, I try to do it with people that I know. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's uh, that's always recommended. Yeah. This is at Seawalk underscore eighty four. Draft a QB third to last before picking DST and kicker. I want to live the stream. I mean, I've I've done that many times. I, it's it's, it's yeah. part of the part of the you know part of the approach. It's, yeah. Part it's like, the the best the best moment that I did that the best time I've ever done that was last year in that Apex League and Russell Wilson dropped to the 14th round. Oh my gosh. That happened in that league. Oh my gosh. It's absurd. Uh, this is at the underscore real underscore Kurt. What are your favorite least favorite draft positions 1 to 12? Um I mean middle to me is terrible. Yeah, I like the late. I lo- I love late. I love having eleven or twelve. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you there. And I yeah, I it, I don't I'm not huge on early picks this year either necessarily. I mean I think it's fine because you're able to get like a a Jamal Charles, a Lacey, a Le'Veon. Uh, but I also you know to be completely honest with you, I have in my mind and in through logic and math, I do think Le'Veon is worth the first overall pick. But I don't know if I'm gonna have the balls to actually do that, if I were to get that pick. Yeah, I mean, like I'm doing it in MFL tens. That's fine. That's different. But like, actually, I don't know. It's just it's. I haven't said that out loud. It feels good to say it out loud. Yeah, it, I mean, it takes a lot of faith. I mean, is it two games or three? It's three. I mean, it could be reduced, but like the thing is, is that I just I don't. You know, there's there's a lot to it. I, I think that you you can get away with it, and I I think you're you're basically banking on him producing at a similar level as he did last year which I think he can do because he's a monster uh and he was literally like the best running back that we've seen over the last five years in fantasy football last year in PPR leagues um you know from like a consistency perspective and so on but you know it's just it's uncomfortable knowing that you're not gonna be able to use him for three weeks it's it's a very uncomfortable thing I, I get it but logically I still think that you can make a very very strong case that him maybe AP Eddie Lacy, Jamal Charles, he's in that conversation. Yeah, but, but but just just having your having your pick of the litter and going with the guy who's not going to play till October. Exactly. That's it's super uncomfortable. That's so tough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This next one is from Seawalk84 again. He said, Jorts ever okay to wear in any style under the age of 47? <laughs> 47, <laughs> that's a funny number. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't wear jorts. I only wear gym shorts. We're talking about Pete Prisco style jorts, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would, God, I would never. I mean, honestly, does do people wear jorts non ironically? Uh, apparently, uh. apparently, this is from at Bodo T dot. That's that's definitely it's definitely Bo dot dot not not <laughs> not Bo dot not dot Bodo T dot instead of Bo dot dot. Sorry for that. Twelve team PPR. I want. I don't want to use a fourth on Kelsey and Ertz is always gone. Which guys could I stream for decent tight end one production? So we already. I mean, we already talked about like Eifert and so on. As like you know, you get your upside guys. You don't get those middle round tight ends because those are uh, those are generally replaceable. 
Yeah, they're, they're ADP traps mostly. Yeah. This is at DSNDLR, best ball Q. Do you believe in Allen Robinson at his price, and would a different Jacksonville receiver be better later in the draft? Yep. So you're an a, you're an A Rob truther, correct? I, I I've been converted, uh, and he's going in the yeah wow he's going in the middle of the sixth now. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's he's a riser for sure. He's another guy that we could have talked about today. Uh, so let's see. He he's gone from Allen Robinson has gone from the tenth round to the sixth. Wow. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think Rotoviz had a, had a good piece on uh, Marquise Lee. Yeah. Like, why not? I, I mean, he's the team. The Jaguars invested more in him. Right. Um, he, you know, if you think Bortles won't be horrible, and then then and he's going so much later. I don't even know where is he going. Yeah, I mean, like I I I own a lot of Lee in best ball or decent amount because he's a 15th 16th round yes oh my gosh so i mean there's there's definitely that i I, if you think that Allen robinson is going to be a transcendent talent that's that's why you're drafting him where you're drafting him uh which is possible totally possible i just i'm very in the middle when it comes to Allen robinson but i i i understand the allure he doesn't he doesn't fit your mold he does not fit my mold no. whatsoever. He's not in a, he's in the the least efficient offense imaginable and there's very little evidence, just pure statistical evidence. Yeah. that says, "Hey, this guy is going to be Josh Gordon." Yeah, I mean if you if you're yeah, if you're taking him in the 6th, it's it's a zero condom approach. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely. Zero. No. I'm, I I wear five. Yes. When it's so, so like while I while I'm literally I put them on while I'm drafting. Oh my! <laughs> the pictures in my head. I'm, Get I, them out. My mind's eye will never be the same. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's just move on to the next one. This is from at. Uh, this is from at distracted David. <laughs> Would you drop Gronk much at all uh, because of Brady's suspension? This <laughs> is um, uh, no. Get the image out of your head. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's just so it's a hilarious like concept. Oh, it's it's, it's incredible! Like, it's incredible. I love I love like the same thing when it comes to, like the way that Alex Smith plays quarterback. Yeah, it's like, like, like the things that you can say about Alex Smith and the way that he plays quarterback. I mean, yeah, if you if you're drafting Alex Smith in a league this year, I mean, you're you're literally wearing an entire pack of condoms. <laughs> the entire thing. The entire pack. I mean, you just you're, made... you're 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 walking outside in a bubble is what you're doing. Yeah, you're walking you're bubble in a, an entire rubber suit, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um so anyway, uh, no. No, I wouldn't I would <laughs> I wouldn't drop Gronk. Be, just because, well, I, I actually did a story for uh, a thing on the fake football about how he performed when the Patriots went run heavy. And I know that doesn't that doesn't uh, you know tell us everything we need to know about Garoppolo and and how the offense will run, but uh, basically he there was no it was little or no change in his production when they took a more conservative approach when the Pats yeah. did. So no, I, I think that you, you value Gronk the same either way. Uh, this next one is a, a passion point of mine. I know you advocate late round QBs, but this is from at MD. Uh, I'm not even, I don't even know what this means. M. Deschens S17. 
I know you advocate late round QBs, but what about a startup dynasty? Thinking about building around Andrew Luck, first round. Okay, let's just stop this, like, I'm building around this guy BS. Like, you're not building around anything. You're not a real GM. This is fantasy football. This is not a real thing. Like, you're not you're not building a team. You're just playing fantasy football. And there's no difference. I'm Sure, he's going to play longer, but you're not going to spend a first round pick on a quarterback because he's going to play longer when you can easily year to year get by by platooning the quarterback position. And you can do it. Even be, even more easily in dynasty because people devalue guys like Philip Rivers so much more. Yeah, that's it. That's I, it. Gets me fired up. Yeah, I know. I know the the longevity thing with quarterbacks really gets people in dynasty. Yeah. Oh, it gets them so much, and it's it's like I get it with wide receivers and running, especially running backs. You know, I I understand all that. Uh, but with quarterbacks, it's like. Sure, they're, they're you know they have a long lifespan, but so does every other quarterback in the NFL. So you can platoon and you can build something and, and a, a more predictable something yeah. than you can at other positions. Uh, uh, it works the other way too. Uh, Peyton, I remember in one of my dynasty leagues, went really cheap in an auction. Yeah, uh, with his first year in Denver, uh, right. just because you know, I mean, he doesn't have much time left. Uh, on this earth but but you know i mean look what if you were if you were willing and able to invest a small amount in him in, at that time look what you've gotten right uh, so right. so yeah i mean the longevity thing i think is overblown it's way overblown and you have quarterbacks now playing into their late 30s so it's like you know like ben roethlisberger he can be a viable platoon he's like the perfect over his career ben roethlisberger has been the perfect platoon guy but now he has the weapons that he has always wanted and dreamed of and now he's legit uh so yeah i think we answered the question the the next one is at w carl russell he said i'm standing this is actually hilariously written uh so i'll try to do it justice i'm standing on a ledge about to draft doug martin in the eighth get me off this ledge please he lost weight The last, the last sentence. He lost weight. Incredible. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I, I think Doug Martin's gonna win that job because Charles Sims was really ineffective last year, like really bad. Uh, and he's more of a pass catcher. I, I think Doug Martin could easily win that job, and and it could be, you know, a decent. He could end up being like a low end RB two or something this year. I mean, Doug Martin was RB two overall. Last time he was healthy for a good stretch, yeah. so I mean, he's, I know he's fine. Has, Eighth round, yeah, I'm I'm into him too. People have to get over like the thing. The thing is, whenever you're drafting running backs, it's completely different than drafting other positions because other positions in the eighth round, you're getting almost a starter at that position, like a potential start. But most likely, most teams are getting running backs early, and because of that, you're getting so much just BS in the those middle rounds where it's like there's going to be a tremendous amount of question marks, but you just have to bite the bullet on, on position scarcity. Yeah. Uh, the next one's at who should I keep? He said, Oh no, never mind. He didn't actually ask the question. He was answering a question. Yeah. Sorry. The next one's from at BTR three, three, one. You are road tripping with three NFL players of your choice. Who drives, who controls music? Who is the first to ask the stop to pee? <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, here, let's just say, let's just go with, with Cutler, Stafford, and throw another quarterback out there. Uh, Alex Smith. And Alex Smith. Okay. A- Alex Smith is driving. Yeah, because he's super- Actually, no, we're never going to get there. 
If, if Alex Smith is driving in a road trip, we are going 10 miles an hour under the speed limit the entire way. But he's, super, but he's a super safe driver, whereas Stafford is driving on the shoulder 90 miles an hour. <laughs> That's true. And Cutler, Cutler's in the cornfield that you're driving by. Right, right, right. Uh, so the first point, person who has to pee is Stafford because he just pounded a sixer. Yes, that's exactly what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, so he just he just destroyed a six pack, and now he's like, "Bro, I right. gotta be so bad, pool, please, <laughs> right. right, please, I'm about to go in this can." Right, and then and then Cutler's choosing music. Like, what kind of music do you think he listens Probably, to? Probably, uh, I'm gonna just go with like Beastie Boys. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's right. actually so like some old school old school hip hop. But but like Beastie Boys. But then he'll throw like something horrible, like Lifehouse or something. Yeah, I was thinking, or I was thinking like randomly he'd throw in some like grunge grunge stuff. Yeah. No. Like, but, but like bad grunge. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like uh, like I can see him like like putting on like Soundgarden from like the mid '90s when they were when they got really bad and being right. like, being like I don't care, bro. This is the best song ever. Right, and he, he would be playing like the old school. He'd be playing like Run DMC or something, and everyone's getting super excited yeah. and hype. And then all of a sudden, he'll just put on some garbage, and then he'll just he'll just look at us, yeah. throw up his arms, and light a cigarette. Right, and he'll he'll shrug, he'll shrug, and then he'll scream, Brandon. Right, right, perfect. This is this is at Joe's son of Joe. Number one, discuss discuss auction strategies. Uh, we have to go pretty quick, so I'm just gonna say, uh, you know, the the stars and scrubs strat is is the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on Douglas Martin? We already talked about that. Uh, and then he said, "Congrats, JJ. Will your wife be making parody JJ Twitter handles?" So does that mean does that mean that your wife is making your think, your parody Twitter what handles? That, what that what that implies, and I. I can guarantee you that that's the last thing my wife would ever want in her entire life. So that's yeah. If that's a, if that's a theory, that's a pretty deep theory. Like, man, man, that's way off. I'll, 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 I mean, she, she, she thinks they're funny sometimes, but Holy cow. I, I just, I couldn't even imagine. This one is from our buddy, Tom Everett Scott. It's good to hear from um, you, Tom Everett Scott. He said, will Russell Wilson become the highest paid player in, in the NFL to legally change his name to Ruffle? I think that that goes without saying. At this point. I do too. I do too. It costs a lot of money to become Ruffle. It does. By the way. Ruffle Wilson. Ruffle. Yeah. Uh, next one. We only have three left. This one's from Hat Inspector. He says, question for the pod. Marry, kill, screw. I'm not going to say the word that he did because this is a PG podcast. This is a kids or kids are listening. Niles Paul, Alex Smith, or Olivia Wilde? Who would you kill and marry? Niles Paul or Alex Smith is basically what this is asking. I mean, I, I guess I, I don't know. I guess I'd kill Alex. <laughs> you can't kill Jesus, I don't dude. Know. I'm not, He's already been, I, he, Jesus was already killed. Oh my gosh. You're going you to put him on a cross too? Uh, oh man, you, you well. You just destroyed our mentions for the next. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. That was that was close to the to the Fox News reference right there. Oh my gosh! Oh man! Yeah. Ooh, so yeah, put that right up against your Fox News take. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, because I, I like Niles. I like Niles. I don't know why. <laughs> Let's do. I can't. I can't. The the worst is going to be whenever someone skips to the end of the podcast and they skip too far. And they just hear us say, "Yeah, I'd kill Niles Paul." No, not 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 us, not us. 
uh, or, oh, not kill Niles Paul. I thought you were going to go back to the, the Jesus thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're saying like, oh, yeah, we're going to murder Niles Paul. Right. <laughs> not, not nonchalantly. And people are going to just skip to that and, and never, never even. They're, and then we're, gonna, we're going to get another one star rating because people think that we're murderers. And, and because we think that Jason Witten is kind of fat. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna give us a rating. It's gonna say you get one star because you're killing Niles Paul and Jason Witten is not fat. He's a, he's a dad, but he's not fat. Whew. All right, last question. This is at Sausage Party Twelve. What the? <laughs> All right, uh, he says I keep seeming to get Brandon Marshall and MFL tens and even a dynasty startup. Am I going to hate myself come this fall? I know Decker is better value, but do you think Marshall returns wide receiver two value? I mean, he's just too pricey for me. Yeah, I'm, I like I love Decker. I love his value. I would get Decker over B Marsh for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marshall is just like a big old possession receiver now. I mean, he's not. Yeah. He has no no deep threat ability, pretty much. Decker does. Decker has a year in in with Geno Smith uh, right. under his belt. He was. I think Pat Foreman pointed out that Decker was wide receiver ten in games last year in which he ran 25 plus routes. So he has a lot. I just, I, I'm, I'm taking Decker and I'm, I'm fading Marshall. All, all yeah. Time. I mean, I own some Marshall and best ball just to get exposure, but I'm so much more into Eric Decker. It's not even funny. Uh, so that does it. That's it. We did it. All right. Uh, where can everyone find you at? Uh, at CD Carter 13 on the Twitter. And my stuff is on the fake football. Uh, also, uh, I have to plug this because um, I like money. Um, DraftDayConsultants.com uh, has a DFS newsletter uh, that will be that will include picks and analysis from TJ Hernandez and Rich Rebar, uh, who honestly I, I trust them as much as anybody in daily fantasy. So um, it's a, a very affordable price. Um, uh, check it out, DraftDayConsultants.com, uh, and it'll be this low price for another couple weeks. So get in while you can. Sweet. And I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at late round QB and over at numberfire.com pumping out content. A lot of football content over there now. Yep. Just a lot. It was like honeymoon happened, got back all football all the time. All the time. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, once August hits, we've decided that's when we're going to start doing these weekly. So we might not be able to do one until then. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. And August, the preseason, it's coming. We'll see you then. We'll, we'll be in your ears you de- for like six months. Degenerates. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, 